You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Uh, first, I'd like to begin with a program note. If you are tuning in to hear our uh, chat with Finance Minister Bill Morneau, we have had to re- reschedule that. But uh, get your questions ready because uh, he will be here soon. And while we are on the subject of finances, are you thinking of retiring? Are you preparing for that? Have you already quit work? Was it a good decision? A new poll finds that more than one in four retired Canadians regret retiring, and an almost equal number have tried re-entering the labor market. Six in ten say they want to go back to work for the intellectual stimulation, and half say financial reasons have prompted them to go back to work. And Then there's the question of what work they can go back to. One thing is certain that now that we're living longer and healthier, we need to give serious thought and planning to both the emotional and financial consequences of retirement. I'd like to hear from you. Maybe you've been retired for a while. Uh, Tell us how long it took to get used to it, because uh, it can be a pretty abrupt transition from being really, really busy to being maybe, maybe not busy at all. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Right now, I would like to welcome our own foremost expert on the new retirement and Unretirement, uh, David Kravitz, who is a vice president here at Zoomer Media. Thank you. And Jamie Gollenbeck, who is the managing director of tax and estate planning with CIBC Financial Planning. Hey, guys. Hello. Jamie, are you there? Hello. I'm here. Okay, good. You're here. Uh, David, let's start with you. Uh, One in four, that sounds like a lot. Does that surprise you? No, because what we've seen is a steady uh, morphing toward either part retirement or uh, delaying retirement. I think in that same survey, a substantial number said they were anticipating not retiring at 65. Uh, Ten years ago... um, 6% of the population who were over the age of 65 were employed full or part-time. Today, it's 14%. So you're seeing a steady decline in the planned staying in the labor force. So it doesn't surprise me that the unplanned, you know, I retired, I don't like it, I'm coming back again. It doesn't surprise me at all that that number is getting higher. Jamie, excuse me, uh, one of the findings in this survey is that 80% say that uh, reducing their work hours or semi-retirement would give them the best of both worlds. But uh, you know what? When people don't think, you know, that's not always available for people. Well, that's absolutely right. And uh, people do go back to work for the intellectual stimulation. Many go back, of course, for the money. (laughs) One in two that we surveyed uh, are trying to, you know, get some additional financial rewards from working, the problem that we found with our survey is that, in fact, only a third of those that we spoke to who tried to re-enter the workforce were able to do so successfully at the same level of pay and level. The rest 
were only able to enter at a lower level of pay, or in fact, a third of the people we surveyed actually gave up trying. So it can be a little bit more challenging if you haven't prepared for it in advance. Uh, absolutely. I, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Jamie, is that a, a you know a substantial number of people are looking at it, and even people who have saved money, saying that even though I've saved money, I would have to lower my standard of living to retire. And heck, I don't want to do that. Well, that's right. And I think that a lot of people look at how they can keep up a, a standard of living. For some. It is working, taking a part-time job, doing some consulting, you know, things like that, and employing a skill, keeping you intellectually sharp, but also bringing in some money. But for others, there are other strategies, and that's why we wrote a report uh, that looks specifically at the different types of retirement income and really looking at some of the tax planning and tax strategies that can be done once you're in retirement as well. David, I, I want to get to the emotional prep. And it's interesting that this is coming up now. I was just saying that on the weekend, both days on the weekend, uh, we were at social events where there were people who had gone from very high-powered jobs, so money not an issue, to not working, to being retired. And, and it was really difficult for them. And uh, one man who I think is probably just in between, but but to him, the idea of retiring, it's, it's like death. I think Dave. that's very important because especially what's happening now is that the we're eight years into baby boomers being of retirement age. The baby boomer spread is 53 to 73. So the top, the older half of those and the baby boomers as a generation is sort of a type A generation, you know, work validates you, uh, not just the money, uh, making a contribution, being important, being in charge of your own destiny, having your calls returned right away if you've reached, you know, a senior position. Suddenly that's all gone. And we've seen examples. That's right. You were just saying that people get upset. Suddenly his calls aren't returned. And by the way, and I think Jamie would validate this from you know, the bank's records, we've seen this at both levels. We've seen this at very senior people who uh, suddenly aren't, you know, as important anymore. But we've also seen, I think there were some studies done in St. Catharines with retiring GM workers who retired from a factory job with a very good pension. They weren't worrying about uh, the money. But the mortality rate within the first year of retirement was very high. They didn't feel useful anymore. They didn't feel, what am I going to do? The first couple weeks of golf, you know, that wears off quickly. And now I kind of don't, I'm kind of a a little bit lost for what to do. So it it, it does exert a heavy psychological toll. I agree. And I think that certainly, uh, you know, dovetails nicely with some of the, uh, you know, the discussions we've had with many of our senior clients that, you know, the message that many of them say to us, and again, this is anecdotal, not from the poll itself, is that it's important to have uh, outside interests and hobbies and things like that that will carry you into retirement because if you've spent your entire life working and that was your primary uh, social outlet and you don't have any other hobbies, nothing to do on the side, you don't golf, uh, you don't play tennis, you don't have other pursuits, then it can be a very uh, challenging retirement and that's probably why in our poll uh, 60% of people went back to work for the intellectual stimulation. 
yeah, I, w- I want to give the numbers out again because uh, I know that a lot of our listeners are retiring or have retired, and I'd like to hear about how it affected them and what strategies they had. The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. We're talking about retirement, uh, when you did it or if you're planning to do it, was it a good decision, um, and how was it when it actually happened? Please tell us your experience. Uh, but again, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the golf and tennis and the the golf wears off. Uh, I'm a member of a tennis club where there are a lot of retired people and they play a lot. Uh, and one of the things that I've seen happen to people, because you get to a certain age, uh, probably before retirement, if, if you have injuries, where you should not be playing like two or three times a day. And then people get injured and they're off for a long time and, and they actually get, you know, clinically depressed. Right. And that certainly is, is a risk. And if you're lying certainly on physical activity, uh, you know, traveling the world, waiting till you're retired, uh, you may not have the health to do it. So I think it's important to certainly take those considerations uh, into I, mind. I do want to point out that we are like so many aspects of the Zoomer revolution that we're reporting here all the time, retirement and work being one of them. We're at the early stages of what's going to be the norm. So right now, for example, we're seeing the beginnings of return to education. We're seeing colleges and universities offering programs specifically for retired people, whether it's a topic you always dreamed of but you could never afford to explore, or some new topic. Uh, Ryerson's got a program in theater where they write and produce plays. Uh, volunteerism, a lot of conventional organizations that, re- or, or that relied on conventional volunteers are now finding it harder to attract them because they want to go teach English in, in the Central America. You know, they want that exciting big stuff rather than I don't want to just go down to the hospital and sell magazines in the gift shop as part of the, you know, the ladies auxiliary or something. So they're looking for meaning. They're looking for bigger things that are meaningful. And the market is actually starting to supply those now more than ever before. Well, yeah, that's interesting because, Jamie, you were using the word hobbies, but... I think what it's about is purpose, which is something that's Absolutely. a lot deeper. And, and I've seen studies, you know, that say it doesn't have to be anything, you know, lofty. It can be rereading all of Shakespeare or whatever it might be. But, um, yeah, um, it, it's about purpose, isn't it, David? It's about purpose. It's about feeling important. There's a, I want to go back to volunteering again because many big organizations, and I've met with some of them, are worrying about uh, the new crop of retired people available to be volunteers. Don't want to be told what to do and don't want to just do something mundane like, you know, in the old days, licking stamps, which their mothers might have done. They want to make a contribution. They want to feel important, even as, a vol- even as an unpaid volunteer. Absolutely. Uh, let's take a call from Harold in Kitchener. Hi, Harold. How do you do, now? I retired when I was 61. I'm 81 now. My wife said I should have retired at 60. Uh, I only went to grade 9. We bought our first house when I was 26 years old. I worked for the same company for 40 years. What I kind of work that, did you do? I was electrical wholesale. 
My worst subject at, at high school was electrical, and I learned how to wire up houses. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the, the main thing is to, to plan it with your family and wife. Like, I hunted, I fished, I, I, I did photography, I'm a winemaker, and my biggest thing is a gardener. I'm going to grow seeds, uh, some flowers this Saturday under lights. I grow 40-odd varieties every year. You've got to have a hobby. Now, I'm a handyman, too, so if you're not able to do that, you can you can go out and work at the food bank or somebody else, but you got to keep busy. I know other neighbors that like to sit on their rears all day. I even went for a quarter-mile walk today. Good for you. Uh, and I do every day now. It was a little cold. On my thighs, but my all my cheeks were warm. Well, well, uh, that's good, and uh, <clears throat> shows that the the trades are a good place to be. You make a good living, and you can be a handyman. Come on, come on, come on by any time, Harold. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thanks for your call. You said the magic words. I, Keep busy. Yeah, I mean uh, that's great. Yeah, it is. But but for some people, it's really hard because you know. They don't have all those things. They haven't really thought it through. They have to suddenly find the things that Harold was working on for all those years. Well, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and and Jamie, it was interesting what your findings were about trying to get back into the labor market. So there are a lot of jobs where either you would like this full-time job, you can have it as long as you like, but uh, it's either that or we're going to find somebody else because what we need is a full-time person. Right. And it's certainly a challenge. If, if you only want to work uh, part-time, then it could be a challenge trying to find exactly that, that right job. And that's why we are finding certainly uh, seniors and other Zoomers and retirees looking for you know, part-time work. They don't want to work full-time, but it's harder to find. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's not going to be at the same rate of pay. I don't think I don't think that people really expect that if they're if they're either going to a portfolio or I don't know consulting I guess is a good umbrella. Um, what do you find about that Jamie? Yeah, I mean again, I mean in, in our survey specifically that that was an issue that people brought up that only a third of people were able to uh, come in at the same pay level and uh, and level of responsibility, and, and uh, 40% actually had to settle for something less. And doesn't mean that it wasn't successful, but it just means it wasn't financially as, as rewarding as they may have hoped. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I know that, uh, uh, you know, we have a lot of Zoomers working here. Uh, and, you know, if, if you want to be available for, for fill-in, you know, when people are on, on holiday, uh, that's fine. You can do that. But if you want a full-time job, uh, say, for the morning shift, uh, I need you here at 5 a.m. to get ready for the 6 a.m. news. And if you don't want to do that, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, the nice thing, though, certainly with the digital economy, though, is that there are certainly, if you do want to work uh, part-time, depending on the type of work that you want to do, there are so many different options now that we didn't have even five years ago, you know, whether it's driving for Uber, whether it's, uh, you know, there are services that now you can go online, uh, Uber for home repairs, electricity, and things like that, where, you know, I personally have used them, and we've had people come to the home who uh, otherwise might be retired, people in their 60s who just love being a handyman. 
and very, very helpful. And so there are other ways that people can uh, sort of uh, continue to use their skills, feel important, and make some cash without necessarily going back to a full-time job. Okay, well, send me their names <laughs> for the, the handyman. Okay, let's hear from Bernadine in Toronto. Hello, Bernadine. Hi. You're on the air. Go ahead. And I was talking about retirement. Yes. I had since 2013 in November, and I started volunteering on January 2014. Okay, so you there were there wasn't a lot of uh, space between that, and uh, was that was that planned, Bernadine? No, no, it wasn't really planned because at work, actually, I worked with a Royal Bank, and then my boss was giving me a really hard time, and it reached to a stage I couldn't take it anymore. So it was just a kind of a rush. I said, okay, the best thing to do now is to get out. And I was surprised. One of my daughter-in-laws actually helped me to get that um, volunteer position. So I teach knitting and crochet. That sounds great. And, you know, uh, Bernadine, I I think you bring up something. So uh, with a lot of retirements, uh, yours was voluntary, sort of voluntary, but but, uh, getting out of a bad situation. And sometimes it's not voluntary. People are let go. Uh, and uh, that can be very difficult, too. Uh, so are you enjoying being retired and, and doing your volunteer work? I'm very much at peace. Plus, I am seven days at church. I volunteer there also. That sounds great. I do a lot of work at church. And then I have a very happy group at where I, knit, I teach knitting and crochet. So it's something I enjoy. And I like to teach something that... I am gifted with and shared with someone else. I think that's the important thing. Bernadine, thanks so much for sharing that. Appreciate it. She brings up a really interesting point that uh, actually comes back to one of the things that we came up with in our survey. And we found that, in fact, uh, one in two Canadians uh, in the boomer age, sort of 55 to 64, uh, secretly wish their employer would offer them a severance package to leave. In other words, people are hoping for that that payout because they're ready to retire, but maybe financially uh, they don't want to simply quit. And we found that quite interesting. That's half of people surveyed in that age group, 55 to 64, secretly hoping that their employer offers them a severance package to go. Yeah, that's a euphemistic way of putting it. (laughs) She she said something else that's also a, a beginning of a bit of a trend about teaching. Um, it's recognized that the retirees have a great amount of knowledge, especially practical knowledge, and it's being reflected in some programs. Some online universities like Athabasca, for example, are recruiting retired, whether it's accountants or just business managers. So imagine you're studying for an MBA online and you're all in your 30s or 20s and then one member of that group is in his 60s or, or her 60s or 70s who can give some practical advice on you know that field so i predict that there's going that's going to only continue whether he gets paid a lot or not um many of the high-tech uh, incubators such as at waterloo have deliberately recruited senior business people to come in and be advisors um 
just to say here's the practicalities of getting a product uh, developed. So again, in that area, we're seeing more opportunities opening up. Uh, And it's interesting. Just the other week, uh, I uh, saw a headline. It was out of the United States, and I forget the exact numbers, but a, a big proportion of new jobs in the United States are going to people 65 and older. They have the experience. Uh, and uh, as you said at the beginning of the program, David, the percentage of, of, of people in the workforce is going up. Jamie, are people making the right calculations in terms of the amount of money that they need? I mean, we're all living longer. And frankly, I think one thing that people are not taking into account properly is that, you know, you're you're likely to need a high level of care somewhere near the end of your life. Are, are people, um, you know, are they being savvy about that? Well, I think they're not, and I think the main reason is uh, just because they don't have a plan. Uh, people don't really have a good knowledge. In our survey, you know, 90% of people didn't really understand how retirement income is taxed. Uh, almost one in five people thought that Canada Pension Plan benefits are tax-free. So I think it's important that people work with an advisor, look at a financial plan, and a retirement plan. Retirement could go on 30 years, 40 years. Uh, when you talk about the cost of health care, things that are not covered by provincial governments, um, assisted living, things like that, I think people need to have a budget and have an idea and, and really need to sit down, uh, at least while they're working, uh, and then put together a financial plan. Even in retirement, look at all the different sources of income, look at how they're taxed, and then look at how much cash flow you're going to have to fund that retirement lifestyle. Okay. Uh, let's take a call from Grace in Toronto. Hello, Grace. Hello. I just freshly retired seven months ago. Okay. And I'm um, 55 years old. And yeah, and I also work for RBC, funny enough, and I was a financial planner. And everything I said to do, be prepared, get some hobbies, blah, blah, blah. I've done none of it, and I'm really, really feeling lonely and uh, feeling like I'm not uh, contributing. And so today, of all days, I did start making a list of the things that I should be doing to get myself back on track and feeling like needed, like I have somebody needs me for something. People always say, oh, Grace, you have so much knowledge. You should be helping other people. But the networking part of it, I'm having a hard time finding people of my own age, number one. Number two, I find classes are mainly for seniors in their 70s. My group, 55, there's not much to do. Um, so I'm having a really hard time with, with this retirement. And, and may I ask, what, why did you decide to retire at 55? It was a combination of my health and my job. It was getting a bit stressful. I was feeling uh, a lot of tension at work. I felt there was a lot of demands um, over the top, a lot of things that I didn't agree with, that I didn't feel comfortable with. It was against my principles and my morals, certain things I didn't feel that were right. So I stepped away. I thought I, and you know, it was contributing to my health, so I was having heart problems, that sort of thing. And so I decided to leave. I felt when I was off on disability, that was the time that I made my decision. I'm not going back. Um, I went back for a year and a half, and then I retired. Um, you know, Grace, you, you bring up some very important things. You know, often there is that balance. On the one hand, you have uh, 
things that can be really stressful at work, like a bad boss or unreasonable demands. And then on the other, there are the rewarding aspects of the job. And, um, you know, sometimes the decision, I guess, that results may or may not be the right decision. But, Grace, thank you very much for sharing that with us. And I'm glad that I hope that uh, you're inspired to start looking around for those things because there are, you know, tons of volunteer opportunities for somebody with your talents and experience, I think. I'll find them eventually. Thank you so much for taking my call. I I hear your show every day. I'm addicted. Oh, great. It's one of those (laughs) things that I have to do. I have to listen to see what's going on in the world and what are people thinking. And uh, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much for taking my call. Okay, Grace. Thank you for that. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, yeah, so um, that's interesting. It's like there's an old expression that the shoemaker's children go barefoot. So there's a a financial planner who didn't necessarily take her own advice. Jamie, do you have a thought? Yeah, well, I think this is the message we're really trying to get out with the poll, with the survey, with our new report, is that people really should get advice. They shouldn't be afraid to get advice. Uh, You know, I don't manage my own money. I use another expert to do that. So even I get advice on the financial side. I think everyone could benefit from advice. And the key really is to find the right person, person you have a connection with, speak to friends, families, get referrals, interview people. But at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to get out there is, is get advice, uh, get objective, independent advice about your financial situation so that you can effectively retire right. Okay, let's hear from Helen in Toronto. Hi, Helen. Hi, Libby. I am retired. It took a little while to get used to it, but I'm happily retired because while I was working, I was involved in all kinds of organizations to do with the business. Once I stopped working, I got involved with JF and CS, OCC, all these things that um, are caregiving organizations, and especially for the elderly um, and the ones in, in uh, what do you call it, retirement, not retirement homes, long-term care homes. Oh, so so um, they, they're different. You started to do things, different things. I started things. to help the community because I had never had time when I was working. I was involved in all the business organizations. Okay. Uh, so, so I made up my mind that once I retire, I've got to give back to the community. And I am so busy. I told people, don't retire. You won't have time. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that, Helen. How long have you been retired for? Um, well, maybe eight years. Oh, okay. So that's, that's a while. And how long did it take you to get used to it? It took me almost a year. I, was, I just couldn't come up and say, hey, I'm retired. Um, I had my own practice, and I ended up in a car accident, and therefore had no choice but to retire. And at the beginning, I felt useless. Uh, but then I thought, no, now is my time to get involved in all these other important things. Okay, Helen, I think that's important information. Thank you very much for that. Okay, take care. Okay, uh, so uh, we've got to wrap up this uh, subject, uh, but uh, David, I see that twigged something with you, that it takes time to get used to it. It takes time to get used to it. And just another thought that we're seeing just starting to happen, I don't want to poach on Jamie's territory, but financial planners themselves are starting to attend more and more seminars and reach out for information about the total lifestyle as opposed to just a spreadsheet on Excel as to how many dollars you're going to have. So they're, they're looking to supplement their own skill set in advising you 
and even being a conduit of saying, look, have you thought of this? Have you thought of this? Have you thought, not just in financial terms, but in terms of what's available out there in the community and out there in the market? Because if I'm sitting in the guy's office anyway, why shouldn't he know more? And I think they are trying to do that. And Jamie might be able to uh, agree with that or not. But I think Yeah, absolutely. To... I mean, I think we're trying to take a holistic approach with exactly. all of our clients and look at not just the financial side, but the lifestyle side and what type of retirement do you want to have? How are you going to fund it? And what are you going to do with your time? Okay, well, um, thanks to our callers, and I think that those calls show that, you know, the results of this survey, there's, there's a lot of truth in there, and we should all be thinking, you know, pretty hard about this uh, as we get to it anyway. We're going to have more and more of it coming, for sure. Okay. Thank you so much, Jamie Gollenbeck from CIBC, and uh, David Kravitz, VP at Zoomer Media. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. 